Welcome back to Comic Book Nation, the official podcast of comicbook.com. I am your host, Kofi Outlaw, and with me this week, we got the crew back. It's Janelle Wheeler. Hey, everybody. We have Matthew Aguilar. What up? And completing his uh, trip through the comic book podcast circuit is Mr. Turnup. Charlie Ridgely is back with us. What's going on, guys? And uh, as you guys are probably, if you're watching this live right now, uh, you probably are hyped as we are for the big movie release of today. We have a big movie release. It's Godzilla versus Kong. Godzilla! The verse, the MonsterVerse climax that we've uh, all been waiting for. Now that it's out on HBO Max, we are going to talk about the film. We're going to try to do uh, kind of a review. We'll get into a little bit of spoilers, but we'll try to keep it mostly spoiler-free and try to talk some vagary around this, because I know as we're recording this and doing this live, a lot of you have not had a chance to log on and watch it yet, so we'll try to keep that uh, on the safer side while just telling you what we thought and having some arguments about what went down in this movie. So we're going to do that. We've also got to review uh, the new Robert Kirkman series, uh, Invincible, on Amazon, that just uh, dropped its first batch of episodes over the weekend, so we got to talk about that. We got to touch on what's going on in the Falcon and the Winter Soldier, and we got to talk comics. So you know, this big geek podcast has a bunch of geek stuff we got to do today. So let's get to it right at the top. So let's talk about Godzilla versus Kong. So I got to see this in the theater. Charlie, you got to see this in the theater. We were lucky enough to. Uh, go out and see this matt i know you're just you're, you're streaming it like as we speak i watched it yeah oh you <laughs> right got before the, nice. right before the show i skipped a couple parts in the middle because i needed to make sure to get to the last bit but hey we're good i mean that's will okay. you rewatch it will i rewatch it actually yeah but no, we'll get to we'll get to why all right so cool um so how we're gonna do this is we are gonna talk about the movie but let's try to keep it kind of Spoiler free. I know that's a hard challenge, so I guess I will. It's easy get... for me since I missed twenty five percent. It's all right. So um, you went from else? some scenes in the middle <laughs> to a whole quarter of the movie. It's yeah. like thirty <laughs> seconds. Not gonna lie, I was hey, on Matt's keeping it real today. All right. I watched the trailer. We're good. <laughs> um, so Godzilla vs Kong. I've been a big fan of the MonsterVerse since this kind of concept started. I I wasn't. I didn't love the first Godzilla with, but I didn't hate it. Um, I'm a big fan of Kong Skull Island. I love yeah. that film. It's still, I think, my favorite of the MonsterVerse, but I think this is a close second. Uh, Godzilla vs. Kong, at the very least, delivers what it says it's going to deliver, which is Godzilla versus Kong. Uh, and so you get that, <laughs> and you get a pretty, you get a pretty good amount of fight from these two titans. Uh, several rounds that go through, and. It's exciting stuff when they fight. Uh, that could that was my whole thing. Would this be actually exciting to see these two giant CGI monsters kind of duke it out? And it is. Their fight mechanics are probably some of the most interesting in the MonsterVerse. And the spectacle is thrilling when they do rumble. And it takes center stage. And, it, and it's definitely captivating and entertaining. So you get that. Um, yeah, so at the very least, it does what it says it's going to give you. Godzilla versus Kong. There are some things I didn't love. Uh, nobody loves the human story of the MonsterVerse ever. And I feel like Kong Skull Island still has, if not the strongest human story, the best human characters I like are still in that movie. Uh, this one, thankfully, has a lot of very talented people kind of carrying the stupid human part. You got like Alexander Skarsgård, uh, Rebecca Hall, Brian Tyree Henry, Millie Bobby Brown, and uh, what's his name? Julian, what's his name from uh, Charlie? You're muted. Julian Dennison. Yeah, Jennison from uh, Deadpool Two and Hunt for the Wilder People. In uh, yeah, so all together as an ensemble, they do a pretty good job of carrying the human portions and making that stuff kind of at least bearable. I mean, but it is just filler to what we want to see, which is the main event. Now. That's my good part. My bad part is I have real problems with the actual Godzilla versus Kong fight of this, not the actual visuals or the excitement, but just how that goes down and what the quote unquote resolution of that is feels a little bit hackneyed and just at odds with the rest of the story. It feels like we get a really good kind of character story for one of these Titans and 
not so much the other, but there is this weird thing that happens in this fight that just feels like a studio or two came in and were like, we have notes. Here's how the fight's got to go. We got to have this. We got to have that. And this is what we're going to want in the end. And it's just like, okay. And that's just kind of what you get. So there's going to be a lot of debate online about who It's won. not fair that you're like, we're not going to talk spoilers. And then you have this big giant, like, hot take issue with like the most spoilery part of the movie I'm not gonna say and then like we can't it. argue about it but like I could disagree with you completely but I can't bring it up because I can't talk about why I thought you were going to be on my side about this I thought you and I came out of this on the same side of what happened in this fight and I mean but I didn't I don't care about like the does there have to be a specific this is the one thing that's happened it's kind of ambiguous and I I dug that I think there are some times where it moved a little too quick there at the end but like I think it delivered, and there was one Titan that got a lot more story than the other. I think that was the purpose. I think one of them was the hero of the story. And it just didn't, like... I, I don't think it all of a sudden ended with this different take of that. Like, it it delivered on what it set up. No, I... The whole I, movie, I yeah, me. I mean, I, I think you're right, but I think that it, it did something arbitrarily. That's what I mean by, like, hackneyed. It's like, it did something arbitrarily just to give status to kind of both sides of this and and let people rep for this. And we know there are going to be a lot of people repping for this and there's going to be a lot of debate about this. And I think they knew that coming out of it, that this was going to still not like, it's not like going to end on a, everybody's happy with the outcome and, and everybody's agreed upon in the answer. The guys. Oh, yeah, it, very, it very clearly does not have my, my yeah. bigger issue was with Adam Wingard coming out and saying, Oh, there's definitely a clear winner when it's all said and done. That's my bigger issue, not the movie itself. Like no, that's like the yes, the thing about just delivering on this like main event that we have to like that people are going to be arguing about is is my big problem with the movie because otherwise you take that kind of off the table as an obligation and it's just a really good story about these two characters and and how they collide. So um, all in all, I see people in the comments saying you know that you know Janelle won't be disappointed there's some plot holes but generally it seems like people enjoyed godzilla versus kong so yes this will be spoil free we're not going to spoil it for you a lot of you have to still see it it's an enjoyable thing to watch so go see it matt how did you feel on your fast forward viewing uh so actually what's crazy is uh so i don't know if it was quite 25 percent, but there was literally like the bridge (laughs) between um and I can't say where, so I'm trying to like be careful. As I watched over 50% of the first chunk of the movie, and then I had to skip <laughs> a chunk in between to get to the other thing. So you will know where I'm at. So like, there are probably points I have like no context for. It. I like, what the I'm heck? just wondering. Like, I, 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 we can't talk about it now because of spoilers. But like yes. to me, one of the most important things in the movie is like probably. right in the middle of the movie. Oh probably. my gosh. <laughs> Probably okay. So that's so. Just take what I say with a grain of salt. As and that's why, really, honestly, I'm not even getting into the like who was the winner debate because like I don't feel like I have the necessary context to say that or get into that. What I will say is, for at least I, I've seen a lot of people, and understandably so, because the first movies in this monsterverse. I agree with Kofi. Kong Skull Island is hands down my favorite of these movies. It's the one that has heart. It's the one that has like characters that I could actually grasp onto and actually felt for. The other ones were disposable cannon fodder for the most part. So that movie kind of stands alone, which is why I was excited for this. I could honestly, and I'm gonna, I'm probably gonna get a lot of hate for this. I could care less about Godzilla. <laughs> this this movie could be Kong versus the toaster, and I would watch it mostly because it's Kong. That is the reason I'm in this, which is why I was actually quite surprised actually and delighted that like there's a lot of kong in this movie i really thought he would be more sidelined and he's not thankfully at least in the portions that i watched so there's all the heart is in his scenes like it's all and i didn't mind the human characters as much there's one storyline with a couple of characters that like i could take or leave it's fine like kofi said they're talented and it's and that's good but like i didn't really need it but the core story surrounding Kong and those key characters that are part of his journey, I really liked and I was invested. And it had those moments that I loved from Skull Island. And so that I was very surprised by, honestly, because I didn't necessarily see that coming. Uh, and uh, the fight, the end fight, 
it's fun. Like I, you know, it's it's what you <laughs> it's kind of what you expect. And I and I thought I saw it not on a giant screen, uh, on a monitor, uh, watching it on HBO Max. And and honestly, it didn't really take away from just like, oh, this is cool action. Uh, so even people who are streaming will still get something out of it, uh, even though it's not all dazzly and sparkly like on the big screen. So I, I dug it. I mean, I, I came away liking a lot more than I didn't like. Again, I will go back and fill in the blanks and see how I feel about how things end, if there's a clear winner, things like that. But I dug it. I dug it. All right. Before we get out of here, let me just go around to you guys who have seen it. And even Janelle, you know, if you want to answer, do you think this should be the culmination or do you do you want to see this monster verse continue? Well, my question, I'll just go first because I haven't watched it yet, but I'm very excited to. Um, the first question I have really quickly is, do we need to know, uh, do, does everybody have to have already watched all of the movies leading up to it? And um, if so, like, is it like a multiverse type thing um, where these all these movies all come together? And if so, how would the future ones fit in with this one? Or You're asking with- a lot of complicated <laughs> questions for a very simple franchise. Like, <laughs> this is the fourth movie. It's not like this is Avengers Endgame. Like, right. This yeah, is the fourth it's, movie it's in not, the series. Yeah, it's just a fourth movie. But you can enjoy uh, it without Kong seeing destroyed any some other. stuff. Oh, Godzilla yeah. destroyed some stuff. Godzilla destroyed some more stuff. With like Rodan and Ghidorah, and now it's Kong and Godzilla destroying stuff together. Good, because I don't even know if I saw the other ones. Truly. I mean, mean, I don't know what you were doing in Russia since the. It's good though that if you did see them, they left that much of an impression. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. Well, I I would like to see more because my my motto is more content. So yes, I would like to see more of this monster world and really really embracing the 21st century janelle we need to get you a shirt that's more content no i'm literally i'm working on some stuff guys yeah i love love when we call films we're not promoting your stuff guys let's hear boys charlie what do you want to see i mean i just i i don't need more i'm with matt on the godzilla thing i don't really care about godzilla all that much but i think kong is a really really interesting character and they show that with this, like him being the protagonist essentially and how he can have a soul and a story and a, you know, a growth. Um, I really dug that. I would love to see more of his story. I think that there's a lot to explore with him post this movie. I think the Godzilla stuff kind of feels resolved. Um, like taking my feelings about Godzilla away, it kind of feels like there's like, okay, like there is resolution with where Godzilla's tale kind of comes to an end where Kong kind of, I think, opens for more things. And I, I really, I think part of that too is just how Adam Wingard brought Kong to life. He felt like a human and he had a really interesting story. You know, Adam Wingard was supposed to make a Kong movie when Universal had the rights to Kong after Peter Jackson. And I think he really kind of took that and ran with it in this. He took that concept and really you know brought Kong to life in an interesting way. So another Kong movie would be awesome. I, I don't I don't know how much more MonsterVerse stuff I need, but I'd absolutely watch another Kong movie. All right. I mean, I think it's been interesting, um, if not perfect in its execution. But yeah, I think Kong Skull Island is still my example of how you can do some of these movies and they don't even have to be crazy big budget and they can still be really good and kind of really fun. So um, there are things that I want to talk spoilers so bad, but just some of the places we get introduced to in this, I would like to see more of the movies set in those areas and things like that. And kind of leave the. I mean, we know human it has cities. Hollow Earth. We, we can yeah. we can say Hollow okay. Earth. We know okay. that it, yeah. like that's that's been out in the open. We know they go to yeah. Hollow Earth. Like so, uh, yeah, I want more Hollow Earth exploration, journey to the center of the earth type stuff. That stuff would be cool. Um, and the stuff that's in here from this movie is cool. I don't need to see like a Pacific Rim clone, the coastal cities being like, oh my god, again. Like we've seen that enough, right? Um, but I would like to see it kind of taken into a real, full, actual monster verse because. The concepts you can play with down there are cool. And uh, yeah, I would love to see more of that. But um, check out Kong Skull Island. It's on HBO Max. Tell us what you think. Yeah, we want to know. So we're going to move right along here. And uh, I'm probably probably sure Rich wants me to take a break sooner before (laughs) later. But uh, let's just, well, let's do it. We'll keep going. We'll keep going, maybe. All right, no, we to take a break. We got to take a break. Fine, we got to take a break, pay these bills, and we're going to come back and we're going to talk about uh, Robert Kirkman's Invincible and Falcon and Winter Soldier and what's going on in Marvel DC Comics. Stay tuned for all of that. 
We are back. So let's talk about Invincible. This is the new Amazon adult animated series based on Robert Kirkman's comic series, Invincible. And it dropped just like the boys. Amazon did this thing where it dropped three episodes to start, kind of get you into it. And then we'll go weekly and kind of see it. Uh, this kind of flew under the radar for me because I'm not like the biggest Kirkman fan. Uh, the Walking Dead, I did love that comic uh, and I love the series up until this about this last week. We'll get into that in a minute. But uh, I wasn't really familiar with Invincible, so I was kind of excited. And I, I mean, I didn't know anything. I didn't follow any of the marketing to this too much. And so I just kind of got into this fresh. And after three episodes, I'll say I really liked it. It's like Watching a very adult, twisted version of like the 2000s DC Justice League cartoon, which yes. is like one of my favorite uh, of all times. And this is that. But like I said, very Kirkman in its adult violence, language, and even kind of sexual situations and all that stuff. But it actually works out. It, it actually functions almost like a like an animated version of the boys at the same time, but a little bit more traditional superhero without just being completely snarky about superheroes so it is a good addition to amazon's lineup as they're building out kind of an uh, a more adult superhero universe and I, I thought it was good i was surprised by the voice cast i did a lot of that x-ray pausing on amazon to see because i was like oh man i know these voices like right like yeah. I didn't follow the marketing so steve young um sandra oh like i mean jk simmons is you always know it's him that's not a surprise for anybody but like john ham's in there it's like well have like half the walking dead cast is on it yes yeah. that's oh, what i was marquan voices every other character yeah, yeah. <laughs> i mean but they do that stuff and those guys are talented and you already know them so you might as well save some money and get them to do it for you but uh yeah but uh, yeah, Invincible. I mean, Invincible was good. I didn't know anything, like I said, about the hook, about the story, or anything. And so, the first episode, I was just kind of like, oh, oh, yeah. And I was like a little worried about my viewing experience until you get to like that last ten minutes of it, and you're like, oh, this is Kirkman. Like, okay, like now we're gonna hit a turn, and it's like, yeah, and it just quickly takes a big turn. And then from there, I, I really loved it, and. Yeah, this is an exciting series. I did, this was an unexpected gem, kind of like the boys. I didn't expect, I didn't, I wasn't familiar with these comics and like the series adaptations. I, I'm enjoying a lot more than I thought I would. That's um, kind of why I hope that like like the boys because I that show did drive people to go read the books. Right, they ended up doing smartly a bunch of collected editions and things like that surrounding the first season, and then with the, the hype for season two, there's a lot more people like kind of diving into the books just to see kind of, you know, even, even the show tames a few things <laughs> from the comics, uh, even though season three is going to introduce one big character that we haven't gotten there. Right. So I was kind of hoping the same would be true for invincible. And um, I agree with Kofi, like the first thing I thought probably three minutes into that opening sequence was, Oh man, this is justice league. <laughs> and man, I miss justice league. Like I was very much like, I need to go pop in, Justice League Unlimited. Like, I need to go watch that. But then, of course, you get the Kirkman flavor, which, you know, I don't, I'm hit and miss with Kirkman. Like, I I like Invincible, and I liked Walking Dead. Um, and I and I like some of his other things, too. And then, of course, you know, you have, like, Die, 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 which I, it's over the top. <laughs> it's too far. So, like, this is kind of a perfect balance. It's it's some of the edginess and, and ridiculousness of uh, the concept, but reined in just enough. And Invincible kind of strikes that balance in the comics a lot. And so here, I thought they did a really good job. I wasn't sure how I felt about the animation um, about midway through the first episode. But like once you get into two and three and everything kind of starts to gel. Like I, I felt that way too about some of the voices. I was like, I don't know. Like I love J.K. Simmons. But I was like, I don't know if he's <laughs> Omni-Man. Like, I don't know. I'm not, I'm not getting that vibe yet. And then like once we get past there i have to say and i cannot for the life of me remember i'm blanking on his his character name uh but manzukis is phenomenal <laughs> in this in this show uh he's so good he's so good so just props uh to that but i, I dug it a lot like i binged those three pretty much back to back and it was not because i had to i actually could have just postponed it till this you morning didn't, you but didn't I was skip like, the middle of the episode i didn't <laughs> skip the middle of the episode i ran out of time 
but like you know it was one of those things like i actually wanted to watch this all the way and like i i was bummed when i got to the end of the third episode uh, i hope Same. it gets the second season yeah me too especially since they're like a good 45 minutes a piece i was like it's it, they are like really in-depth episodes each one and yes jackie Chan adventures the third, in the comments that's a great yeah, shout out Shout out to that. But uh, yeah, Walton Goggins is in there. There's everybody in here. Uh, Rexplode is his name. Thank you. Yeah. So funny. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, Janelle, let's go to you. Yeah, I loved it. I, it was really awesome. I binged it as well. I did not read the comic, so I didn't have context. Um, and it just, I don't watch anime um, and I don't really watch a lot of animated uh, anything really um so really no expectations whatsoever other than the fact that i am obsessed and i have this is a throwback but like glenn is back ladies and gentlemen <laughs> from the walking dead <laughs> glenn is my favorite character so i i usually don't ever let that die but he voices um you know Was, the main kid hero and you did let him die <laughs> yeah yeah wow. well and which brings me to my next point exactly what you said kofi i you know it's just a tradition it's a cute it seems like a wholesome hero story until the very end of the first episode and we get like zombie guts blood gore it's it's intense and very graphic for a cartoon um or an animated show and i just i literally i was i was like gobsmacked i was just, like my fiance walked in and i was like I was just freaking. I was just totally shocked. And that hooked me in. I was ready to go. And watching the next two episodes from that point forward was just like, give me more content. I need this. I didn't mean to throw that in there again. Sorry, guys. <laughs> but give me more. Give me more. Give me more. Um, I think that uh, just honestly, I love Steven Yin so much. And he did such a good job. Um, and I'm intrigued to see where it goes from here. I want to know where the story is headed. Um, and I'm not going to, I don't know for sure if you guys are familiar. I wanted to ask you if you have read the comic books, do they spoil the TV show? If you guys know at all, well, I'll let, I mean, yes, I they mean, do? Yeah, okay. like it's the, yeah. they always, so it's definitely based on the same story. But, but this one very much. So it, this one compared to some of the other adaptations we have, um, mm -hmm. this is so far pretty, pretty pretty spot, spot on. on pretty beat oh, yeah. for beat cool. uh they're not taking a bunch of big swerves yet so so far yes it's very much kind of like early walking dead in that respect where okay. like you read the book you knew exactly what yeah. was happening and then yeah. they just decided to like swap out characters and kill people yeah <laughs> that's, totally that's, that's, part of, <laughs> that's part of what reminds me i was going to bring up when you're talking about the animation that there are things about this show that feel very anime to me i don't think it, it's not styled like an anime throughout like it's not you know taking those things but like specifically like when they fly when they hit you know when they take off and fly like the, the animation that goes behind them of like the jet stream and stuff like that, that instant like yeah. that quick thing feels very anime a lot of it kind of comes from one punch man i think it really i feel a lot of similarities there but the other thing that really ties it to anime for me is like the loyalty to the source material like a lot of times in anime you'll see it be like frame for frame from a manga just don't ask about the Promised Neverland or Tokyo. That's awesome. <laughs> but I mean, I, you know, a lot of like when you look at My Hero, when you look at like uh, Attack on Titan, there's a lot of those, especially in early seasons, they really feel very loyal to the original source material. And Invincible, in a lot of ways, you know, reminds me of that. And I think that it's an interesting place to put a Kirkman, you know, superhero tale, especially when it gets really bloody, like the, the, yeah. the way the colors pop, like. The, the edge the edges not the edgy material but like the actual physical edges of the animation uh you know really work like you talked about justice league like imagine if bruce tim stuff was really gory like that's that's a kind of cool idea there um so it i'm glad it hooked me at the end of the first episode because i was really not all that into it before that like it was a yeah. fine story I think they really stuff, whatever it, it works, and then it it really gets you kind of. Yeah, the I think they episode. really do that set you up for that big just to smack you with that twist at the end of the first episode for everybody who doesn't know. Um, I want to bring up with something half send Josh brought up in the comments, which is I feel like this was way under marketed as well. Like I watch a lot of Comedy Central. I mean, we're on Twitch all the time. Like uh, we have Amazon Fire Stick uh, in every room of my house. And I feel like I didn't really know the show was arriving until somebody just mentioned it like Friday. 
or like it wasn't even i don't feel like it was trending i just feel like somebody offhandedly just was like yeah invincible and i was like what and i was like oh i went oh it was charlie and like i was reading charlie's streaming article and it was like amazon's invincibles today and i was like oh i, I probably want to watch that you know instead of yeah i feel like they did League again I feel like they did the same thing though with season one of the boys. Like you knew it was premiering, but like you didn't, it wasn't everywhere and it wasn't everywhere until people saw those first few episodes. And then the word of mouth started buzzing and then you saw more advertisements for it. I will say on Twitch. Season two was huge. Was. Like they just kept hitting. It was okay. advertised on Twitch quite a bit because invincible I even, or the boys, the boys, the boys, but not invincible. Like yeah, no opportunity. Robert Kirkman on Twitter. Cause Right. And, I yeah. was very aware of it. <laughs> well, True. because he's been tweeting a lot about it. Yes. Yeah, I that's, think that's, a, big ask. that's a real big ask, though. Like, well, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. No, I, I, that was just a, a joke thing. They have, Amazon's yeah. very weird about their advertising. Like, yeah. But I think that's part of it. Invincible is a very it, it it's popular. It's extre- it's actually extremely popular within comic circles it's a very much like if you're a comic fan you probably know of invincible and it has a big popularity within that market but it's not you know it it had breached kind of outside of that so yes comic circles i feel like people knew like people knew this was coming you follow the different people and you're you're knowledgeable that it's coming but like as far as like if anisa just picked up the fire thing you know like the the like turned on your thing thing, whatever (laughs) I, I can't remember which one I have. So, so like the fire. Anisa room, hadn't started a fire in the living up. room. That is what yes. happened. And like popped <laughs> it up. She wouldn't necessarily know that like Invincible's premiering today. Whereas yeah. if you see other shows, like there's no missing it. You're going to see an well, ad. And, and I really think part of that is, is the home of these shows and how they choose to advertise. You know. Yes. The for fire whatever thing. reason, Amazon is very strange about how they advertise original programming. You know, like we mentioned The Boys and Invincible. But like even their their movies, you know, you saw a lot of stuff about like um, uh, one night in Miami. Once awards circuits started, you know, in a lot of the awards places where you know on in certain TV channels you'd see ads for that. The only thing I can remember really like being shoved down your throat ahead of its release from Amazon was Borat. That's the only thing I can remember like actually being advertised everywhere. And now the boys season two was different because everyone already loved the show yeah. and they really went in. I think without remorse at the end of April with uh, Michael B. Jordan, I think that's going to get some real heavy promotion. Yeah, that's not, but that's already Michael started. I've seen those commercials like several times already. Um, yeah. yeah, those are already. Yeah. And they know the name recognition. But I'm saying Bezos couldn't wrap my boxes in some invincible tape or something like <laughs> just to let me know, like when it's coming through the door, like, hey, watch this. But uh, I mean, we're not going to get to the bottom of it. I don't want to get too off track with that. I just thought it was strange. But um, hopefully it'll be like the boys and word of mouth will carry it because I, I think it is very much it, it is engrossing like i'm gonna be there every friday now like mm-hmm. falcon winter soldier then i want to see invincible because like yeah i'm in now and and i want to keep this going so guys help us out check out amazon invincible on amazon video if you have not yet it's by robert kirkman the guy who did the walkie dead and uh yeah it's a twisted adult superhero story it's pretty cool so check that out Moving right along, let's talk about the Falcon and the Winter Soldier. We're not going to get too deep on this. We have an entire Marvel podcast, Phase Zero with Brandon Davis on Fridays, where uh, Charlie just broke down a lot of what we're, we're talking about in this latest episode of Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Uh, yeah, you were on last Friday, right? I'm not like crazy. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you stuck up for that for that guy against against that crazy man you guys led on talking about the DC universe. Oh, Matt, Matt Barry's my favorite. I that know. I know. I yeah, he's that. funny. I, I, I like Matt Barry. He's hilarious. Shout out to Matt Barry. Um, yeah, we're gonna get him on this show so we can uh, maybe verbally abuse him if he's if he's down for that. <laughs> uh, if he's down, the, the long and short of it, if you didn't listen, if you didn't watch Phase Zero or listen to Phase Zero, he came on and it's about Marvel, but he did a lot of. Uh, a lot of DC hate. DC. And it was a bit like it was fun, but it was very like, you know, that that's the context to No, all it was of this. kind of a bit. It wasn't <laughs> no, really yeah, no, a bit. I, I think that the feelings were there, but then the, the bit was the bit, you know. But that's what we're talking <laughs> Legally, about. Legally, we had to say this is a bit. No, but I'm just kidding. But uh <laughs> no, shout out to Matthew Barry. We'd love to have him on and argue this stuff because we are just an argumentative bunch anyway. But um yeah, let's talk about Falcon Winter Soldier episode two. Basically, I just wanted to mention uh, I wrote a piece about this, but how surprised I am that Marvel is getting so real about so many things in this in these shows. Not just Falcon Winter Soldier, but WandaVision's kind of subtext about, you know, 
just everything from, you know, female like roles over the decades and agency and grief and mental depression, health. mental health yep. and all that stuff. Like that was some serious subtext. And this one is just, I mean, it's even more pronounced. It's talking about race, politics, and just so many things that they didn't even know would be timely now about like symbols for America and, you know, anxieties about medical history and, and experiments and kind of things getting injected into you and stuff that we're kind of dealing with right now. But um, yeah, the second episode was really a, a powerful kind of one. First of all, he actually gave us the Falcon and the Winter Soldier, which was a nice change. And you like, yeah, the story of Isaiah Bradley um, the black Captain America and bringing up and referencing Marvel's truth, red, right, red, white, and black, which we have an excellent piece on by our own uh, Aaron. And uh, you should check that out too. But um, yeah, I was surprised that they went into it that deep and even had like followed that up with a police scene. And I was like, wow, Marvel's just hitting all the beats. Like we're really just recapping all of 2020 right now. Like let's just, let's just go through it. But um, yeah. And uh, to me, I know some people don't agree and that's fine. Each person can have their own opinion, but I, I like that Marvel is, is adding an element of something real to these at least long form stories. I agree with you guys in the sense that I should be able to go sometimes to a movie theater, see a Marvel movie and escape for two to three hours and, and have that be just big blockbuster entertainment. But it's different when we're dealing with like a long form TV show, there has to be more substance to the characters, to the stories to kind of give it the richness it needs to, to be a six hour movie. Right. And so I'm kind of happy to see that unfolding in the Falcon and Winter Soldier and really making Sam Wilson, particularly his kind of focus as the larger subtext of why he does or does not want to step up as America's symbol, kind of bringing all that to the forefront. So um, I thought it was pretty cool. Charlie, you look like you have something to say. I know you do. I mean, I just, you know, I, I could talk about this show for hours and hours. I think I really, really love what it's doing. You know, I think to your point, like, Marvel, a lot of these movies have always had those themes and that subtext to them. They just haven't been at the forefront like they have been on these shows. You know, if you look through, like I said on the podcast on Friday, if you if you look through all of the Captain America movies to this point, you look at the story of Steve Rogers, it has always dealt with the idea of patriotism and loyalty and who he's supposed to be loyal to as Captain America. You know, the idea of this government that has constantly failed its people and this this country that is supposed to stand for things but does not stand for them and then ask him to stand opposite those things. And, and him constantly, I mean, in the first movie, he was propaganda. In the second movie, you know, he quit his job and went on the run because he did not agree with what was happening because it stood against the actual freedom that they promised people. And then Civil War, obviously, with the Sokovia Accords and everything. And then now that story continues with Sam and Bucky. Sam being a black man in America, having grown up feeling, you know, like he wasn't loved by his country and treated more like a celebrity than an actual hero. And then Bucky, you know, dealing with the, the PTSD of his past, dealing with being a veteran that doesn't get the care that he needs. And like, it just, this is Steve Rogers story, but amplified with characters that we know every day. You know, this isn't Sam Wilson, isn't a super soldier that was frozen in the ice for a hundred years. Sam Wilson's a real person that you and I have met and, and seeing his story kind of now or Steve's story become his in that theme. And like kind of in that subtext is really, really interesting. And you know, the, the race stuff just comes so naturally because of not just the moment that we're in, but what our country has been since our country was a country. And it, you know, the fact that they brought in Isaiah Bradley and actually are dealing with the real Isaiah Bradley story. I mean, it, it, it surprised me on such a deep level. I was not, I did not think they would go that far and really, really do that. And it seems like they are. And I mean, props to Malcolm Spellman and his team for not only convincing Marvel to do it, but like really just doing it and not, I mean, Malcolm Spellman does not hold back at all. And I really, really appreciate that about, about this show. So, okay. So one, I, I really, I'm enjoying the show and I'm glad by the way, cause I saw the Kofi notes in the in the layout i'm glad that the question i asked in the first one ended up being true so far <laughs> where they actually dove into that stuff uh because marvel movies and just in general i would say superhero movies have a habit of of acknowledging something is not the same as exploring it and it's very surface in a lot of these movies and even the mcu 
it's it's some of the themes that they explore are very like hey they're there and they don't go i mean any i much say further than that. as they, much as they i don't like go, the MCU, yeah, they I mean, don't go much it, further you're, than you're that. absolutely right so like even cap story who i love like i love those those are my favorite movies uh like that trilogy is by far like they're all up there in the top 10 of mcu movies but that's why i was kind of like okay i i want you to go further and what i've also learned just you know i mean kobe knows this, this is from talking to different creators the reason why these themes are so relevant is because they never go away <laughs> these themes are the same things that have been around forever like if if you don't notice them you're just blind so like it, it's more about just like they never go away as opposed to like oh it's really topical now it's just always topical so like it's nice to actually see someone acknowledge that and move things forward i isaiah bradley that whole storyline in the comics and truth in general like that whole thing is such an interesting like thing of like wow marvel actually did that back in the books and even then you know it was there's there's issues right <laughs> with, the, with the, even the original series of like maybe not going far enough or whatever so like i'm glad that they're exploring that here um i also do feel like not every movie is for everybody not every show is for everybody so i i will take that for wandavision right wandavision did not click with me but that's okay. It didn't click with me. It clicked for a lot of other people. Cool. So the people who say like, oh, I don't want my politics or I don't want th these things. I want to get away. Then go to like the 98% of other things out there True. and get out of my toy box. Well, I'm just I'm I'm like, so, I'm okay. It's fine. I, when people say that, I'm always like, my response is always, please, I need to know. Like, explain to me how you spent years <sighs> reading and watching Captain America or better yet, the oh. X-Men and had no real thoughts in your head. And we're like, well, I'm just escaping. Like, you know, you like, like you like, like Charlie just recounted every single one of these Captain America movies. I mean, first Avenger might've been a little bit more bubblegum about it, but like winter soldier and civil war are real serious about like everything from geopolitics to the view of politics and how hardline and you know, it should be or not and all this stuff. So yeah, I never really get that argument. It just seems like when we touch on subjects, you may not feel comfortable with or, don't like the opinion of the storyteller you're just like we shouldn't touch on that is kind of how i feel about it which is fine by the way to not whether it makes you uncomfortable or whether you just don't like it cool i i'm not telling you what to feel about it all i'm saying is don't shovel me that bs about like <laughs> oh well we'll get it out of my no the, the universe is big it can hold all of them it should have a better balance of both leave it alone Absolutely. Right. Can I just say this? I'm represent. I'm. This is going to be a, a probably. I'm going to get roasted for this, but um, what I do like about the show is all of these touches on politics, racism within this, you know, system. The Avengers not getting paid. I didn't know that. I thought all of the Avengers were wealthy <laughs> and getting paid by the government for saving the world. Um, and I'm so glad to see people in the comments kind of feel the same way. Eugene says, uh, you know, Falcon Winter Soldier just isn't grabbing me. And I feel that way. And I know it's, but I enjoy, I enjoy the storylines. I like the mental health. I love the relationship between the two of them. I love that they're they're touching on politics. It feels true to these characters. However, for me personally, I'm not as big of a fan of the show as I am WandaVision because I'm into the witchcraft, the mysticism, I'm into sci-fi and that's okay. I'm still mm -hmm. watching it and I still like it a lot. It's just not my favorite and that's okay. Like not every show has to be your favorite. There's a lot of content out there for everybody to enjoy. And I think that was beautifully said, Matt, because I, if you are kind of struggling getting super into the show, you're not alone. I'm, I, I'm living for the, the action, but I'm not super invested yet but I'm still holding out hope because I'm, I'm happy to see these characters. I really am. And everything you guys said was just brilliant. Like you said it beautifully and it actually makes me want to go back and rewatch it and focus on those things a little bit more. Well said, Janelle. Yeah. Okay. I think uh, it's an interesting time for an African-American character to be kind of contemplating these, all, all these things in his place in, in the uh, national standing. And I think there are a lot of viewers who appreciate that inclusivity, right? about now so i'm digging it and if yeah this is not your show i'll see you on the next go round. i guess would be loki peace out all right matt take us over to comics what do we got this week 
Also, I apologize to Kobe. I was supposed to keep that tight. And I feel like I did the opposite of that. And just like opened that up to whole things. So sorry about that. That's my bad. Um, all right. So comics. Uh, I feel like we're gonna start, we're gonna start here because I'm already fired up. And and in the in the voice, hear me speak now in the voice of Andy Sandberg's Nicolas Cage. What the hell was that comic? <laughs> like, like I want to be in that movie. Like, that is the tone of voice I need to have with. Batman Catwoman number four. I, I don't, this comic, like, as you know, we've been talking about this storyline for a minute here. And I would say the general demeanor of the first three issues was like, we liked them. We had issues with certain things and like how the timelines and maybe it was too, a little too bloated, things like that. But overall, I think like most of the talk on this show anyway, was pretty positive. I, I came away from this, like, I had to go back and reread it to just make sure like I wasn't like missing key key details and like things that happen i just this this issue was just a mess for me like i and i don't i don't like saying that it was a gorgeous mess because this book is beautiful <laughs> what a beautiful <laughs> mess what a beautiful mess on me we have to get singing in there really <laughs> but like this issue was kind of a mess for me but i i'm curious to hear like you know janelle kofi what do you guys think I mean, I'm, I can just back you up and say, yeah, it was it was a damn mess. I, I stumped for Tom King a lot, but uh, yeah, this is just getting too crazy and and convoluted. Like we're sliding. I feel like in in scenes, I feel like we're s- sliding between timelines in the middle of scenes now. Like, well, there's I think there's like one panel with like uh, Helena Wayne as Batman, and then it cuts to like present day Catwoman, like from there. And it's just like I get that we're trying to see the kind of rippling effect of this stuff over time and these connections over the past, present and future. But like, yeah, just, it's a chore just to read this and kind of, and keep straight, like where we are, what's going on. And with so many things on the board that should be epic, it just feels like King's style is defeating itself in this case. Like, whereas I love city of Bane because of how deep it went into each of these characters, like Batman, Catwoman, Alfred, even. Um, it's just like, yeah, any one of these storylines would be rich enough to delve into. Phantasm coming back in the present and having, you know, getting in the way of Batman and Catwoman's relationship. That's an entire story. The reveal that Joker and Catwoman have some strange, weird, quasi relationship that started in the past, early days of Batman's career. That's a storyline. A future where Helena Wayne becomes Batman and and her mother is trying to outfox her in an investigation into a murder is itself a comic mm-hmm. series. All of these things happening at once just kind of feels like it's diluting the richness of, of these big Batman events that are just thrown together in this weird mix. And, and to make this larger point that I feel like is just getting swallowed up in all the smaller kind of you know, and all the smaller parts, like I I'm like, and it just gives you a little bit of what you want. And then it just kind of snatches it away too yeah. quick. Like I wanted to see more of Helena trying to track this down and confronting people like penguin and that whole thing playing out with where she leaves. And then, you know, Selena comes out from the that back and, and has that whole penguin cat moment thing like that stuff. I was like, Whoa, like that made me sit up and be like, Whoa, like that was intense. Like that could have been all of issue four that whole thing, just the investigation, finding Penguin, you know, confronting Penguin, her, her leaving, you know, the cliffhanger of Selena coming out and murdering Penguin. Like <sighs> that would have been like a great issue. That hurt my soul a little bit. I'm not gonna Me lie. Too. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> like, poor Penguin. They didn't yeah. do anything to anybody. I know. <laughs> oh, uh, by the way, spoilers. Yeah. And so like, <laughs> but, like, all this stuff together, is just like, yeah, it's just swallowing itself up. It, it's swallowing up its own potential. And, and it's just a shame to see. Yeah. Uh, yeah, agreed. Janelle, what do you think? I'm I'm just gonna confirm. I, I'm I'm with you on all of this, both of you. Just a little confusing. Um, I, I not my least favorite comic ever, but definitely you know str- having a hard time following. The art is definitely keeping me there on the page. I'm enjoying the artwork very much. Boy, can he draw eyes, lips, bodies? Like, yeah, like it's- oh, <laughs> the women gorgeous. are stunning <laughs> like there's that the- final scene like towards the end where like batman's standing on that i don't know what he's like a gargoyle or whatever and he's just like looking at the sky it's like shit like it there's yeah. so many moments like picturesque moments as but i agree but yeah and of 
you know, this whole series for me, this was the weakest book so far. And um, really hoping that it kind of gets a little bit more momentum on the next one. Again, I don't hate it, but uh, it, it is, I have to be very, like, I don't have any music on in the background. I'm like reading, mm -hmm. I'm focused. <laughs> I'm giving it all of my attention to make sure that I'm not missing what's happening. Um, yeah. But yeah, it was okay. <laughs> yeah, I felt like I missed, I, I actually looked and was like, when did Selena get kidnapped? And like yeah. I had to go back and like read. Yes. I had to go back. And I was like, when did that when did that happen? Um, yeah, I, I agree. I would be interested in this if we ever actually get to, to talk to Tom King, because I feel like this is the most negative we've ever been about <laughs> one of his books <laughs> on the show. Um, but like love the stuff overall. But like I'd be interested to see because of course his original Batman run was supposed to be a hundred issues, and this was presumably supposed to be part of that run after like City of Bane, and then of course, like they switched writers and then he got this chunk to kind of finish his story and things like that so I, i'm kind of curious like what got changed in between if things got changed kind of to fit this new format i would be interested to hear that but moving on to marvel so uh we have a new debut uh in the house silk number one uh for those who don't know cindy moon uh is the star of silk and uh this was just a really i mean if you're not knowledgeable about that there are a lot of spider characters uh in the marvel universe uh but i feel like most of them have all kind of found their own niche and developed their own personalities and kind of set themselves apart from each other, uh, despite some of the overlapping spider powers. Uh, Cindy Moon is a is a fan favorite. I think this was a really fun, as opposed to Batman Catwoman, uh, I didn't have to struggle to, uh, to understand this book. Uh, it, it catches you up pretty quickly if you're not familiar with her origin story, uh, which is kind of traumatic. Um, very traumatic, actually. Uh, it catches you up pretty quick within that first kind of five pages and gets you up to speed. And then you're out the door and it, you know, it has just like a fun sense of humor. Uh, it's got a really, you know, stylized uh, artistic style, but I, but I dug it. Um, and I think this is a really cool. I think for people who are new to the character, this is a perfect issue to jump on and just dive in and have fun. Uh, for those longtime fans who have been paying attention over the course of her other ongoing series, um, they get rewarded too with the J. Uh, Jonah Jameson stuff and you know references to her like being called analog and things like that. So there's there's stuff for both. Uh, but what'd you think, Janelle? Uh, great, loved it. Um, love to see an Asian American uh, hero on the screen, or, or sorry, on the book, on the screen. I forgot to mention this. One of the things I really loved about Invincible was um, the diversity within the cast. And so um, he also comes from, uh, you know, an Asian American mom, I think is Korean um, and, you know, a Caucasian father. And I just think, I think the representation is really beautiful. And for Silk, uh, I just love her attitude. She's got like this like snappy little attitude. Um, she seems intelligent capable um i loved that like that she's like shooting out of her fingertips i got yeah. all of that being uh, not having any you know background on her and i i got it they covered yeah. it all um they they showed off her skills her costume's awesome i love that she's wearing the mask like it's totally covid safe which is so funny <laughs> i mean i just like i just think it's great That's i i really really enjoyed her uh and yeah, I'm very, I'm very much looking forward to getting to know her backstory more. I loved her um, relationship with her brother, who, you know, it's just, it's very. I, I get that it comes from a strained background. She was in a bunker for ten years. She likes to keep saying that so that everybody knows she's like driving it home. Um, but they also talk about how like she had to save her brother, and I got all of that in in this small book. Uh, so I think it's, I think it's really good. Very excited to see where it goes. And, uh, yeah, I enjoyed it a lot. Definitely of the two. That was my favorite. <laughs> Kofi. Um, I thought it was all right. I mean, Silk is a good character and I think that you're doing a good kind of female Spider-Man spin on this. Uh, she has the kind of quippy Peter Parker thing. She has Peter Parker's job basically working for J Jonah Jameson. Um, and, it's a very kind of classic Spider-Man from mm -hmm. a, a more diverse female perspective, obviously, and dealing with different things and a more new age cast of characters like her brother, who um, is, I, I think I picked up his LGBTQ in this, is he? Plus, uh, yes. I yeah, okay. so. so, yeah. So, like, yeah. And so it, it's just kind of a modern take of Spider-Man using a more diverse char character set. And that's not a bad thing. It, it The 
kind of the changes in personality and things are, are enough to make the story kind of fresh and interesting. And just her dynamic with like dealing with J Jonah Jameson's misogyny is like a different <laughs> kind of way, but, and it's not heavy or preachy yeah. and, and they do a very good job. And I like the team they got is not, and they don't make it like a centerpiece. It's not like I'm an Asian character and I have all these Asian problems. Like on the first page, she just, is a real character mm-hmm. who happens to be from this background and it, and it does inform how she sees things, what her voice is. And I think they're doing a good job of making that character be a very lively, attachable character without stressing the social justice issues of it. Um, and so, yeah, pretty well done. And like I said, it, it's kind of like a, almost jumping into a fresh start of, of classic Spider-Man stuff uh, with this different character until you get to like the very end. And then there's like, you know, Korean theme demons and stuff like that, like walking around. Yeah, that's and, yeah. And then you're like, wait, what? It takes a swerve there. I, yeah. And I yeah. agree with you. I feel like right now, the current amazing Spider-Man series is very much like classic kind of soap opera melodrama, which people there. I used to love that about the like nineties Spider-Man books. So it definitely has, you know, an audience of fans, but if you were kind of looking for something in the same vein that, you know, felt a little fresh, but also had more of the quippy, you know, banter-filled Spider-Man-style adventures. This is a perfect book for you if you know that current, like Peter Parker Spidey, isn't really isn't really clicking for you. So th- I feel like this would be something I would definitely recommend for those fans as well. Um, Charlie, what did you think? Did you get to read Batman, Catwoman, or Silk? Um, I didn't read Batman, Catwoman number four because I just haven't been into the first couple issues. You're smart. <laughs> <laughs> I think I mean, it's it's fine. Like Tom King's always been someone who's very hit or miss for me. I think some of his things are are just stunning and incredible, and some are not. <laughs> and this has kind of been like right down the middle. And it's just you know, I don't. Ha- I'm re- I've written a lot of backlog comics now. I've been reading a lot of Five and Winter Soldier stuff. Like reading a lot of weird like Marvel magic stuff from the past, and it just you know, I didn't want to keep investing my time into it. it it's fine, and, and I get why people like it, but it's not it's not my thing. And unfortunately, I, I love having strong. I feel like I always have strong opinions about stuff. Both these, like, I, Silk is good. You know, like yeah. I enjoy the character. I think the story that it's setting up here is could be great, but it does, hasn't really done too much yet to get me really excited. But like, unlike that one, Batman and Catwoman, like I, I am gonna read another issue and like see how I feel going forward. And see yeah. if it continues to hook me, but you know, they're both. I, 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 I'm. It's weird to feel indifferent because I, I rarely feel Charlie's indifferent picking, about things. Charlie's saying you didn't pick any winners this week, Matt. How do you feel about that? <laughs> I mean, all the books I really loved this week were from Image. Um, you know, Rednecks, one of my favorite ongoing series, maybe ever. And so Redneck had a new issue, and that's uh, that's where I spent a lot of time this week was over in over in Image stuff. No, that's what that's, but that's good. And also, honestly. Uh, half the job of a comic is in 22 pages to hook you for the next issue. So if it managed to do that, yeah. then, you know, that's half the battle. It, right it's, it's solid. It was solid. Yeah. That's it. Um, so, yeah, that's comics this week. All right. Thank you, Matt. That's comics. Let's talk about a quick few mentions before we got out of here. Some of you have mentioned some stuff in the comments, so we'll just get to it. Uh, first of all, yes, My Hero Academia is back streaming on uh, Funimation and Hulu for season five. And uh, that's pretty exciting. If you're also reading the manga version of that series, we may be looking at the end. Uh, Attack of Titan came to an end also, but uh, we found out we were going to get another part of the story. Thank God, because everybody was like, how are they going to end this series without you know finishing the manga? And now we'll know in 2022, we'll get a second half. So that's pretty exciting as well. Uh, Charlie, you'll love this. I wanted to mention that Solar Opposites is back on Hulu. That is the series from Justin Roiland, one of the co-creators of Rick and Morty. And uh, Solar Opposites is great. I really just think they need to spin off this wall into its own show. Like, it's so I really, dark. And this yeah. season with the serial killer, like the whole Yeah, of the I'm just getting vibe. into the whole, I'm just getting like the third episode. But uh, I love the wall. And it's about a group of aliens who crashed land on Earth and have been here and are trying to adapt to Earth culture and, and do so in some funny ways uh, in America. But um, they, they keep a collection of people they shrink down in a, in a big, almost like ant farm world against the little alien kids wall and the wall is its own show it has well, its own the first episode. season it was like you got little glimpses of people yeah. on the wall like throughout the series the series and then the second to last episode 
it was entirely the wall and it was like it was not funny like the rest of the show i mean the show's hilarious but this it was not funny it was like a full-on like, they were revolting yeah. against like it the, was like a, yeah the autocratic like leader of the wall like a, it, was a, it was nuts it was a full-on like war post-apocalyptic story and then this this season it's all like a serial killer they're investigating and um sterling k brown voices like the main wall yeah. character it's so good. And yeah, it's so and dark. It's so it funny. It's so just, dark. It's, yeah, the show's really irreverent kind of commentary on American culture in particular from the viewpoint of these aliens. But then you just get these cutscenes inside the wall that are like like Charlie's saying, like super serious, like the end of episode order, two, I was order. like Yeah. It was so gross. Like you talk gory with Invincible. Yeah. Whew. Yeah, they do some pretty nasty stuff in the show. And the Solar Opposites is a fantastic show. Yeah, and I just really I would watch a whole show about just a wall. Oh yeah, um, yeah, it is great. Um, so Solar Opposites back, and that's funny. Hulu, you can watch that. Um, I'm watching this Q Into the Storm series on HBO Max. Uh, this docu series about we don't get political in this show where that's not what we do, but it's not really even a political show. It's just about the crazy internet personalities that were behind like 4chan and 8chan and, and leading to Q and all this stuff. And it's just about like the sadly bizarre people who are really behind all of this stuff that has taken over the world and become this huge thing leading to January 6th. And the people in the show are just these weird internet dudes. And it's so weird and sad at the same time. And like, yeah, it's crazy. So they release two episodes every week. Q into the storm, HBO Max. Um, Bad Trip is the Eric Andre movie. If you haven't seen that on Netflix with Tiffany Haddish and Lil Rel, it's basically like the Eric, Eric Andre show movie version. They just get setups in stores and different places where they get to prank people and do these absurd pranks. And it's hilarious. And the overall premise is kind of Boradish. Um, he fell in love with a girl that he saw from high school and he is going across country to meet with her with Lil Rel. And Tiffany Haddish plays Lil Rel's sister who escapes from prison and they take her car and she's trying to kill them. And they just freak normal people out in the best ways. If you haven't, it was number one on Netflix over the weekend. Bad trip if you haven't seen it. Eric Andre check that is a out. trip. Eric yeah, I, I don't even like, I can only take Eric Andre in small doses, <laughs> but in this, like, this is a great project for him because it lets him do what he does and it's so effective. And the best is the credit scenes where you get to see the different like setups they had and how people really reacted after the scene when they had to basically go get the clearance signatures and then being like, Hey, it's a prank. And like, and those parts are hilarious. <laughs> um, and snowfall, I got to plug snowfall. Uh, Oh, Oh, thank you. Eugene. Eugene said, uh, Eric Andre said on Howard Stern that he got help from Sasha Bear Cohen to pull this off. So that makes a lot of sense. Um, yeah. Snowfall. I got to say snowfall is the most underrated American crime show since the wire. Uh, no, like awards you probably haven't however ferment or you're one of those people's like oh I've been meaning to watch that you know but uh, Snowfall's coming back for season five and man this show is so good and if you don't know what it's about uh, Damson Idris right yeah yeah Damson oh. Idris and it's about the Iran kind of the whole Iran Contra affair and how the U S was you know backing Contras and bringing drugs into the U S cocaine by the kilos during the fight against uh, the Red Scare. And, or down the communists in the 80s and the Soviet Union and how that led to cocaine getting into the inner city and becoming crack and becoming a crack epidemic and all the kind of criminal players and CIA people who were involved in all that. And it's, it just gets better with time and the cast is fantastic. And it, like I said, best American crime drama show since The Wire and just as criminally If, if, if y'all watch Narcos and you liked Narcos, you need to watch Snowfall. Yeah, for sure. Like, yeah, awesome show. Um, yeah, and so those are just mentions. Anybody else have anything they want to mention before we get out of here? Sarah, Mighty Ducks Game Changers. Mighty Ducks Game Changers on Disney Plus is so good. I was so shocked by how much I like this show. It, it, it's very Cobra Kai, but for Mighty Ducks. I can't wait to watch this. I'm, like, I'm season three, episode nine on Cobra Kai right now, and I'm addicted. And I'm so like, it's it's that, but for Mighty Ducks. There's new kids. Oh, you know, yes. this, this grizzled old guy who doesn't like hockey anymore, and you're you don't really know why. And Lauren Graham is like the greatest TV mom ever. I mean, she always has been, but like she's perfect for this. It just and the kids in it are so 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 funny and so talented. Uh, one of the main kids from uh, Good Boys with um, uh, the kid from Room uh, was in it. But one of the kids from Good Boys is the main character of the show. And it's it's hilarious and heartwarming. And it's a really like it makes you feel like those 90s sports movies. It's awesome. I love Mighty Ducks Game Majors. All right. Anybody else? We good? All right. Good. That'll do it for this episode of Comic Book Nation. We want to thank you guys for watching with us live on Twitch. 
Facebook, or YouTube, where you can catch us every Wednesday at uh, 12 noon Eastern. If you are just getting the show and you want to just download and listen, we are on all your podcast platforms. We're on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, or you can tell any smart home device to fire up Comic Book Nation podcast. If you like the show, go on Apple Podcasts, give us five stars. If you want to hang out and talk with us, we have the at Comic Book Nation uh, Twitter account, or you can follow us individually. I'm at Kofi Outlaw. I am at Matt Aguilar CB. I'm at Janelle Wheeler. And I'm at Charlie Ridgely. If you missed our last show, we talked to Joe Manganello about the future of Zack Snyder's Snyderverse. Be sure to check that out because uh, that was an epic moment, milestone. And uh, yeah, I don't know if we'll ever do much better than that. But, I've uh, never seen know. Kofi smile more in oh. one episode of the show. Have you seen Joe Manganello? <laughs> he's pretty spectacular yeah i mean he came in a leopard print with a wolf picture behind him like <laughs> i can't out out alpha that man like there's no out alpha like alpha-ing that man like who wins a godzilla versus kong did was joe Mellon manganello in a leopard shirt in that fight because <laughs> i don't know but anyway that's we're getting off track now this is a comic book nation <laughs> thank you guys for listening in we will see you next week peace Thanks. bye guys <laughs>